Hello everybody and welcome to this week's installment of The Sign of the Dollar. Today I have with me a special guest. Uh, her name is California Wright and she has an account on Instagram where she posts regular political content. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is my first podcast, so um, if I mess up a lot, there's probably going to be a lot of mess ups or I won't make sense. <laughs> um, I'll try my hardest and I hope to do more podcasts in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all right. <laughs> I'd like to start by asking you, uh, at what point in your life did you start getting into politics? Like what got you into politics? What motivated you to start, uh, you know, expressing your opinion, making a, politi a political account on Instagram? Okay, so I started my political account about two years ago. I was a sophomore in high school. And now I'm going into college and I've always been pretty political ever since I was like eight years old. I would go to tea party rallies with my family. Oh, wow. Listen to a radio. <laughs> um, I've been definitely like more political than most people. But ever since I started my political okay. account is when I really got into politics and started thinking for myself. It wasn't just my family's views anymore. So. Right. But um, so in the first place, would you say that your uh, your family had a large influence on getting you into politics? Yeah, my dad, he definitely influenced my core beliefs of like Republicanism. Now I'm not necessarily aligned with that party, but um, he definitely instilled like traditional values. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd say you were raised in a conservative household? Yes, definitely. So I understand uh, you stay in California. And knowing that it's one of the most uh, blue states in the United States, how, how is it like being a Republican or a right winger in California? Okay, I get this question quite a lot. And it's surprising to me how much people think that there is absolutely no right side, no Republicans um, in California. There's actually quite a few of us. Like a lot of my friends are Republican. Um, it is significantly less than it would be in the South because I also didn't live in the South too. And almost everyone there is a right winger, but out here, right. you can't assume safely that everyone's a right winger. Yeah. People think it's like everyone here is a libtard and <laughs> supporter for earth rights and all this junk, but there's actually quite a few of us who aren't like that. Um, right. So I, I I hear that's more it's more common in the uh, on the coastal areas, and once you start going a little bit in in into the country, you get more right wingers and Republicans, which are misrepresented by the amount of people in, uh, say, L.A. or other cities like that. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so inland there is why a lot of red counties and areas. Right. Like there's a city close to me that is like a hundred percent red. There's like barely any Democrats, but there's a lot of people, I guess, towards the coast in near Mexico that are actually quite Republican because they see the firsthand effects of um, illegal immigration and tax right. being used on illegal immigrants. And so that actually kind of counteracts what most people think. You would think, oh, near San Diego, near the border, there's probably going to be a lot of Democrats. Yes, that's true. But there's also a lot of cities that are highly Republican. Right. They can see what negative effects it has being a Democrat. Right. 
recently I heard about this um, three-state solution, which was, I think, shot down in Congress or something of the sort. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Do, do you think it was a good idea to split up uh, California into however many states? Well, the thing is, is I do support a three-state solution, just not the proposed one that they put. Because the okay. three-state solution that they made, there were two states in, I guess you would call it Northern California, where they would be primarily Democrat. They split it up to where the two states would be Democrat. Whereas they did have this thing going on. I don't know if you heard about it, the state of Jefferson. Um, that would have been Not sure. a break off of California, but it would have a break off. The state of Jefferson would be Republican instead of Democrat. So the okay. solution would basically make this is just based off what I would think. I think it would split California into three states, two being Democrat and one being Republican, whereas the state of Jefferson would right. probably separate it into one state being Republican and one being Democrat. So. Right. That's interesting. I mean, uh, two Democrat and one Republican would still be better than what it is now because you you guys have a lot of electoral votes always going to the Democrats. But yeah, I, I see. I see. I see your point. I, I don't know. But I hadn't. Well, the thing is, is that Southern California, I would just be assuming would be Republican. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, so it could go three states Democrat and zero states Republican, which would be probably worse than what we have now. Right. But it's also stupid because I was thinking, what about the university system? We have University of California, um, Berkeley, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, all those. Yeah. State tuition. Would you have to be grandfathered in? Like it's a whole it's a whole new question. It brings in a lot of complications that I don't think we're ready to face. <laughs> yeah. Speaking you mentioned the uh the state schools, uh the mm-hmm. state universities. What are your thoughts on uh public schooling and uh government funding towards uh universities, student loans, things like that? Do you think it should be cut or uh, what are your views on? It? So I not decrease student loans given out but i would probably decrease funding if the colleges don't promote free speech because i know with a lot of the milo speeches in berkeley and ucla they weren't allowing him to come on campus and i think they were allowing him to come on campus but they would make the republican clubs pay extra money for security and all the damages and whatnot and if they're gonna do something right. like that, I don't think they deserve as much funding as they do have. I think they should be promoting the core American values. Um, okay, yeah, that's fair. But a- a- another question, even if we were taking uh, like politics, politics uh, in terms of the politics of the university aside, mm-hmm. um, if, if we consider it economically, it would actually work better, for example, if student loans were cut because then the overall price of the university would definitely go down. Also, as, as we know, in many, many different sectors, private, uni- uh, private um, firms are, o- are always more effective than the public ones. And granted, you do need public ones in terms of schooling because not, not everybody is able to go to a private school. In terms of uh, p- public schooling and the amount of funding they get and the amount of student loans that are given out, I think that if the, student, the amount of money that is give, uh, put towards student loans, if it's cut down, that will also cut down the fees of the university. Hmm. Um, well, I know a lot of times with student loans, you can only get them if you meet a certain economic like bracket. And it's hard right. for middle class and upper class to even get the loans. 
And I think there's a lot of money being wasted. A, a, a lot of, actually, I'm pretty sure the entire uh, UC system doesn't offer merit scholarships. Uh, do, do you think that's justified? What do you think the thinking behind that would be and why they would not offer merit scholarships? So with the UCs, they I know that they put like minority scholarships way above any merit because they want to reach the numbers of getting the DACA kids in this school they want. Like, I think, they got, I right. think one of them got busted for allowing too many Asian students in or something. It was something stupid. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> they yeah, totally think that's a difference, like a difference between state schools versus um, private schools is private schools have so much private um scholarship or merit-based scholarships and just with right. my college application process i got so many scholarships from private institutions but when it came to the uc system i don't get like nearly anything and yeah i think that is a big downfall of the university because if you want the best people you're not gonna get them because they're gonna go to these private institutions that give them the money that they need to go to yeah, and I think it's promoting this um, so, sort of school where you're not attracting the brightest because if you give a merit-based scholarship, chances are the people who have the best brains are gonna want to go to your school, but you're just yeah. deflecting them and making them pay full price. Like out-of-state tuition is the price of a private institution without a scholarship. So if you have the two options, chances are they're probably going to pick the private institution with a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, uh, private institutions, which are uh, like the top uh, ones, Ivy Leagues and their equivalents, mm -hmm. um, those those universities also don't offer merit scholarships. Yeah. But their justification behind it is that uh, if, if you're good enough, like everyone in our, in our uh, school, is exceptionally good. So if you're good enough, we'll do what we can to make sure you come to our university. And I say that's fair. But the problem with um, when state universities have uh, don't have merit scholarships is that I, I, I get it that they want to help people who don't have the financial background to go to university. But I think it should be based on merit and need in, in the sense that you should not only have reservations for these people because they're from a bad economic background, but you should have reservations for them because they not reservations, but you should let them in based on the fact that they are actually meritorious. They actually do deserve to be, take um, have admission in the university, and then you help them financially. Yes, I think that's a big problem too. Like with the student population, is if you're a major minority in a school and you get accepted to one of these schools that have less than a ten percent acceptance rate. They start questioning themselves like, oh, did I just get in because I'm the minority candidate or did I get in because I right. actually deserve to be here? And I think that's a yeah. big problem. Like we should be letting people in based off their merit before we base off their income level. I don't think income level should be um, any determining factor in right. bringing anyone into school. Yeah, yeah, uh, I completely agree. And especially, especially also with like, um, ethnic backgrounds, for example, uh, affirmative action. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of problems with affirmative action, especially today, because not only is it unfair on the people who are uh, of different heritage, for example, Asian or white, who have actually worked very hard and they deserve to get into the college, but they don't because of reservations and affirmative action. And uh, that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it, even in the perspective of the blacks or the so-called 
ben- beneficiaries of affirmative action, which they actually aren't beneficiaries. Um, it's still bad for them in the sense that, first of all, it's judging that they do not have the ability to get into the university if they weren't given a reservation. And secondly, uh, if they if they come from a background where they do not have the sufficient education to get into a certain university, that causes high dropout rates. The problem is uh, people who, who are quote-unquote beneficiaries of this affirmative action program, uh, they have very, very high uh, dropout rates because the fact is that they weren't prepared for that university because that university has a very rigorous program. And if they were accepted on the basis of merit, then they would be able to keep up with the program. So it doesn't have anything to do with race. It has to do with the fact that they haven't had that educational background to get into that university. And in the, at the end of the day, it's really hurting them as well as it is hurting other people. Yes, I totally agree. And another area, like if you wanted to delve more into that um, mindset would also be uh, kids on sports scholarships. Um, I don't know the dropout rates, but definitely they tend to pick easier majors as they put sports first because in high school, they tend to favor the sports more because that's their career. Right. And it's you see that they do suffer, I guess, I guess this could be kind of debatable, but they could potentially suffer more than the kids who aren't on a sports scholarship because the kids on a sports scholarship aren't putting sports first. They're putting their schoolwork first, whereas... If you're getting paid to go to school to play sports, you're going to put the sports first. So I guess yeah. like another differentiation of that uh, argument there. Right. So, I mean, that's a fair argument. But I think the thing is that uh, the people who get in uh, and get sports scholarships, uh, they're still getting in on their merit. It's just merit based on another uh, field. But the thing is, the important thing is that they're uh, getting into the university and they're representing that university's team. And then that's opening opportunity for them in other sports, uh, you know, teams, clubs when they when they grow older. So I I think it it, it helps, you know, um, helps people to pursue the path that they want to. And obviously, universities want athletes, good athletes to, um, you know, remain competitive with the other universities. So I think it is. Um, reasonable that these people have a big priority for sports over studies but uh, obviously they shouldn't neglect studies and if they are failing then that is a problem but if they continue to do well in sports at least they can be uh, seen by clubs and they can be recruited yeah i agree another topic that you wanted to touch upon in this podcast was the legalization of marijuana in the united states of america so uh, would you like to start us off on that, what what your views are on that and what you think should happen? Yeah, so recently California has legalized the recreational use of marijuana, but I'm against this because I think that there's going to be a lot of health issues in the fu- future, like 30, 40 years from now, that are going to pop up with the increased use of marijuana, like lung cancer, um, there's... There's proof that um, young males who use marijuana during adolescence are at risk for testicular cancer. There's chronic bronchitis, all these health issues that could potentially pop up in the future that we're not paying attention to now. Right now, we're just faced on, oh, well, weed can relax someone, it can do this, it can do that. But there's this high ri- health risk in the future that no one's paying attention to. And this happened with cigarettes. Everyone thought cigarettes were fine before any health defects started happening. Well, you're, um, so what would you say about the cigarettes? Would you say that they should be banned? 
Um, I think, so my proposal, just a general outline for marijuana, I would say decriminalize it, but also make it a fine if you're caught using it. Don't, don't send anyone to jail for it, but definitely make people pay if they get caught using it. And so with cigarettes, I also think the same thing. I think we shouldn't send anyone to jail for smoking a cigarette, but I think we should. So like a cigarette tax. Yeah, a cigarette tax in a sense, but I don't think we should allow it either. Like, I think we should, I don't know. I The whole banning of a cigarette is not realistic. Here's Here's the point is if we start legalizing marijuana, are we going to get to the point where we can't it, make it illegal again? Like we've seen with cigarettes, we can't make cigarettes illegal because it's just not practical. We can't make alcohol illegal because we've had it legal for so long. And I'm worried this is going to happen with marijuana as well. Right. So uh, my views actually uh, differ on that. I am for the legalization of marijuana, okay. which doesn't mean that I, I support smoking marijuana mm-hmm. and that I want to do it myself. But um, considering the fact that I'm a libertarian and I believe strongly in the live and let philosophy, I'd say that um, marijuana should be legalized because, see, the thing is, people are making individual choices and marijuana doesn't uh, impact people around as much as uh, cigarettes do, for example, because it's not done as publicly. It's done more to, towards the side. And that, that their health being hurt is something it's their own responsibility. It's something that they have to deal with, which is also why I don't believe in uh a single payer healthcare system. So if they end up messing up their health because they consume a certain product, then it's up to them to to actually pay for their own healthcare and make sure that they're fine. But I believe in the in individual choice and that the government shouldn't have power over the choices that people make so long as it's not, you know, inflicting harm on other people. So uh, with cigarettes and mar- marijuana, I'd understand that uh, passive smoking does inflict harm on other people. But if if it's if it's done in a way that it's mainly impacting the person who's smoking, uh, then I don't think the government really has much of a business to you know say we're, we we can't let you do this. So th- that that's my view on it, and that's my view with cigarettes and alcohol as well. I think that it's important to maintain this because not only will it uh, hurt the economy if we um, you know add a tax or ban cigarettes or marijuana. But it'll it'll also limit, um, you know, freedoms, social freedoms, and uh, the individual choice. And that once that happens, then other individual freedoms can start being limited. So I, I believe that the government, as long as a person is not directly inflicting harm on somebody else, they should be allowed to do what they want. Which is why I'm for the legalization of marijuana. Which doesn't necessarily mean that I think that it doesn't have any bad impacts. But actually, compared to cigarettes and alcohol, it's actually a lot better. Physic, if we're talking about physical health, it's a lot better. Mental health, it can uh, reduce intelligence and things like this, but they're not as significant as the health impacts that cigarettes and alcohol. Have. Okay, and I I do agree with you on the on your stance. I completely agree with you. But the thing is, is that well, I guess in the United States with Obamacare, Medicare or Medicaid, right? I think Medicaid. Yeah. Um, yeah. These people who get addicted to marijuana at a young age, are they going to be the ones on Medicaid in the future? If that's so, are are the taxpayer dollars going to be spent on their treatment for their actions that they did when they were adolescent? That's a main reservation I have with the whole argument of legalizing it. Because 
what what is the healthcare system going to look like in 30 years? I have no idea. But if we're still on the same track that U.S. currently has, I'm worried that we're going to be spending a lot of taxpayer dollars on health, um, like rehabilitation and um, cancer treatments for those who were irresponsible and were smoking at a young age. I think that's like my main reservation with the whole pro-marijuana argument. So I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that given the problem of how the healthcare system works right now, the solution to that would not be to, you know, uh, limit other individual choices. So you're starting by limiting the individual choice of healthcare. And in order to fulfill that and to make it somewhat effective, you'd have to limit individual choices in other cases, for example, in the legalization of marijuana. Instead of doing that, instead of um, li limiting other individual choices, I think that the first limitation should be eliminated entirely. So I, I think, I honestly think Medicaid should not be a thing. I think that um, healthcare should be privatized as much as possible because it is proven when it is privatized, competition in the firm leads to better products, leads to better uh, medication. And, and that just makes healthcare cheaper and a lot better for everyone. So I don't believe in a single payer healthcare system. And I think the solution to uh, these worries about taxpayer dollars going towards rehabilitation, um, the, the best way to deal with that would be to eliminate the, the single payer healthcare system in the first place. Yes, I, I completely agree. I am 100% for complete privatization of healthcare. Um, I just don't know if it's realistic within my country. I don't know. Right, but um, I think it's it's. I think it's more realistic to be able to eliminate um, single payer healthcare than it is to make sure that marijuana is illegal in many states because a lot of states are going to vote for its legalization. There's uh, what you call it, like most Democrats support legalization of marijuana. And a good 50 to 60% of Republicans also support the legalization of marijuana. So there's strong support for the legalization of marijuana. So it's it's actually, I think, that in, in, the, in the near future, it's going to be harder to um, criminalize marijuana than it, is, than it will be to um, eliminate the single-payer healthcare system. Yeah, and I guess also with the approach to legalizing marijuana is that it would cut down the drug cartels from Mexico coming into the United States. Um, right. So, I mean, I used to be, because I go back and forth from being libertarian to straight, like, conservative. So, yeah, I do see the pros of um, legalizing marijuana. I just don't think it would be good, because I just don't know where the healthcare system is going to be in 30 years. But, yeah, totally with everything you're saying, I'm agreeing with you. I think I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's it's more of a of a moral standpoint than it is a political standpoint because I think morally, even though the choice to do something might be wrong, people should have the freedom to do it because once you start forcing people to evade their reason and forcing people to uh, listen to you regardless of what what you say, which is what would happen if the government takes control then you're going to cause them to be um, firstly dependent on the government and secondly uh, they'll also make bad decisions in terms of other things because they're uh, not using their own reason so i think firstly by doing something like that by limiting individual choice you're undercutting their reason so what would be more effective is for them to do something bad realize that it was wrong 
and you know progress from that and you know fix it if they don't fi- fix it and they end up turning into drug addicts they end up uh, overdosing and dying well at the end of the day it was their fault and they did it to themselves they didn't really do any uh, they didn't really you know impact anybody else from doing well, that it was a direct effect of their action okay i actually have um, a reservation with what you're saying because sometimes drug like i don't know necessarily marijuana but i guess if you're under the influence of a drug are you impacting other people because i do know a couple people who think it's completely fine to drive under the influence with marijuana and i i know that's highly illegal i think it's disgusting that anyone would say that's okay but there's people who are yeah i agree with you there too i i don't think that should you know uh, be yeah and it's like being high or driving while high are you really keeping to yourself sometimes people i've seen people publicly smoking weed you are putting other people's lives at risk if you're making it legal you're also you're just opening up the door for more potential things to happen and I don't know if weed is completely safe. I've had family members who have gotten mugged by people high off drugs before. Uh, it's just not super safe for everyone else. Yeah, for most of the time, people keep to themselves, but it, all it takes is that one person who goes a little bit crazy and kills someone. I don't know. Right, so I see your point, and that would be actually even more applicable with other drugs. Yeah. Um, like cocaine, heroin, things like that. Uh, because marijuana, uh, although a lot of people on the right do try to um, emphasize on its health risks, the fact is even even doctors that lean to the right admit the fact that it's not that damaging to physical health. Uh, it is slightly damaging to mental health and intelligence, but under the influence of marijuana, uh, people are not likely to commit crimes as they would be if they were under the influence of another drug or even under the influence of alcohol. Alcohol is much worse for committing crimes uh, than marijuana is. So I, I, th- I see your point, but I think that especially with marijuana, um, going back to the point uh, I made about individual choice, I think that that kind of supersedes the fact that the marginal case where somebody will be impacted significantly by another person smoking marijuana, because I don't think that happens commonly and it wouldn't happen commonly. It would happen if there were other drugs being legalized. But for marijuana, at least, I think the the advantages of legalizing marijuana and promo- this promotion of individual thought and individual decision-making, uh, which comes with the legalization of marijuana, has more benefits at the end of the day than uh, keeping it illegal and trying to prevent these uh, downsides. Yeah, and I just want to make this clear. I never addressed this, but I do support the legalization of marijuana for medical purposes too, so... Just putting that out there. I totally forgot to include that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. But yeah. So, like I said, uh, I see your points and I see that there are uh, s- some downsides of legalizing marijuana. But I think that the uh, the advantages and, uh, like I said, the implications supersede these downsides and these downsides and they make these downsides somewhat negligible. And uh, do making the decision of legalizing marijuana will ultimately uh, be beneficial to society. That's what my view is. And that's not because of the fact that marijuana itself is a good thing or a good substance, but because of its implications and because of this whole philosophy, this live and let philosophy that goes behind supporting uh, the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, and I think your point is completely valid. Yeah, I mean, you bring up good points and some of my points are faulty. 
I go back and forth in between <laughs> this because a couple weeks ago I was pro weed, let's legalize it, who cares? Because I don't know why. I just flip back and forth from libertarian to Republican and I get in these weird, like, gray right. areas. And so I could fight for either side, but right. currently, in my current state of mind, I'm against legalizing it outside of recreate or outside of medical use. I'm not for recreational use, but and I, I feel like okay. there is a problem with yeah, so, DUIs in, in marijuana because I think a lot of people are uneducated on what a DUI is. They just assume DUI is only for alcohol. They don't realize prescription drugs, opioids, marijuana. They're all under that list. List and we need right. to maybe spend some money on educating on what exactly is it. It's not just limited to alcohol. And maybe that would cut down some problems and make it make me more likely to be pro-weed. I don't know. You, you, you talked about being in between a Republican and Libertarian. What I think is important to acknowledge, and I've mentioned this before on my podcast and on, uh, when I was a guest on other people's podcasts, uh, that I think not Republicanism, but right-wingism and left-wingism have libertarianism and authoritarianism implied in them to function properly. Like a right-wing idea of economics and individualism, uh, capitalism, uh, the right to yourself, the right to your mind, all of that comes along uh, with the philosophy of libertarianism. So right, uh, I think being right functions the best when you're also a libertarian and the core values of the right wing function the best under a, a limited government. Uh, whereas on the, uh, for the left, the core values of uh, so-called equality, equality of outcome, that would function better with a larger government. So I think that leftism is inherently linked to authoritarianism and right-wing is a uh, rightism or right-wingism, whatever you'd like to call it, is inherently linked to libertarianism. Republicanism is entirely different because that has to do with the party and its policies and things like that. But um, since I'm, I'm a right-winger and I believe that right-wing libertarians are uh, the prime example of people who strongly believe in right-wing values and right-wing authoritarians uh, tend to have um, some philosophical foundational values common with the left because, you know, fascism is similar to communism in the sense that it's socialism with a national identity. So there's still redistribution of wealth, other things like that. But that's, uh, I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, so my point is, that, <laughs> my point is that uh, if you b strongly believe in right-wing values and you think about the implications behind them, you'd realize that for in order for them to function well, you need to also have these libertarian values together with them. So that's why I'm, I identify as a right-wing libertarian, and that's why I also support the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, that's very good. Um, yeah, I think you're completely... Anything you said is spot on. Right, so I think that reaches our uh, cap of 30 minutes for this podcast. Uh, it, was, it was great talking to you. Uh, you had some good points about the legalization of marijuana, and discussion always helps on both sides. Like, we both get ideas. We It helps sharpen our ideologies, so... Thank you. Thanks a lot for coming on this yeah. podcast. Uh, I hope to have you. Thank you. Again. Sorry, I'm like cutting you future. off. I just cut you off. Sorry <laughs> about that. But thank you for having me on and thank you for opening up my mind to some other options. I really do think discussion is a good um, value system we need to have to debate. For sure. See yeah. What other ha people have to think. Yeah, I agree completely. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you for being on this uh, podcast. This has been your host Anisat Pute with my guest California Wright. 
be sure to check us both out on Instagram. Her account is California Right, and my account is TSD Politics. So that'll do it for us today at the TSD Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in.